are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. All right. Thanks for making our first listen. All right. We're talking about this net ranking, these NCAA tournament folks that don't actually watch things. And let's be honest, and we're on to you. We know you're not actually watching this crap. Um, we're talking about the Big Ten right now and why in the hell they got nine teams in, why the Pac-12 only got three, and why at Michigan at 17 and 14 is in over a school like Colorado. Yeah, but, Michigan's absurd. Right. And, and there are other absurd possibilities out there. And it's kind of interesting, the committee and— and I, I'm, I don't disagree with this. I don't think Oklahoma should have been in the tournament either, even though Oklahoma had a ridiculous quad number. Right. Again, because they played a bunch of quad one games right. in a conference that was deemed good, so they had a lot more opportunities than teams from other conferences that weren't deemed good. Uh, and I think the Pac-12 got hurt. What is... What is, but the Michigan thing, at least with Oklahoma, because Oklahoma didn't actually win any of those games. They were out of the tournament. I think that's a good thing. Michigan being in the tournament is going to kind of boggle, I think, a lot of heads on a, on a regular basis. And I think there, there were other teams that were more deserving. And not just Colorado, who wasn't even in the conversation, but a lot of, like, like an SMU, for instance, right. I think should have been in the field before right. Michigan was in the field. Uh, and that's always an example of this. But one of the things that, so, so quick version, uh, the 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 net kind of takes away the middle class. It is a self fulfilled prophecy that prov- that allows teams that are deemed as good in good conferences to get stronger, and it hurts teams that it deems as being in lesser conferences as weaker based on the number of quad one wins they can play once they get into conference right. play. Okay, so that that's my general ramble about the net. I don't mind it. I appreciate but what I, it tries feel, to accomplish, but I, but I think a, it has glitches. But yes, and I also feel like it, it's become something that alleviates you from having to do your job. Correct. It's a, you it, know it's what a it crutch. Is? It's the pitch count, or it's that stupid football chart where you're like, well, we have to go for two here mm-hmm. because the numbers say yes. that 56.3% of the time Brandon Staley will be wrong here, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. All right. No, that, and that's correct. Um, right, and that's and, and and what it allows is so, and and this is the sec- second thing that's happened. Uh, and we were listening to the ESPN radio broadcast coming back on the road Sunday after Arizona's win in the Pac-12 tournament, and they were they were breaking down the brackets and the rest of it, and they talked to Joe Lenardi. And Joe Lenardi, as everybody knows, has been doing you know bracketology for you know they basically invented the concept, and good for him, he's made a crapload of money out right. of it. And he they were it. and they were bragging to to him about how he got something like it was 67 out of the 68 right or 66 out of the 68 right and he was it had a bunch of teams that were within one of two seeds of where they were supposed to be and then later in the day I looked at Jerry Palm who does the same thing over at CBS Sports right. and he said basically the exact same thing he was a lot more humble about it but he said, yeah, I got 66 out of 68 right. right. I had these many seated in, you, you, you know, within a general parameter. And the reality is that with all of the amount of information that's out there, 
You, me, or anyone listening to this broadcast could take two hours and come up with a comparable NCAA tournament bracket right. without the fanfare. Right. Uh, and, and it would be, and we might, because we watch college basketball a little bit more than people who are actually on the committee. And I get that people are on, who are on the committee have other jobs. I get it. But watch bleeping TiVo some damn games and watch them a little right. bit uh, you, and, and, get in, and do a little eye testing here. And I think that's one of the things that kind of gets, uh, you know, lost in this process to a large degree. And what they do, again, we're in self-fulfilling prophecy mode. Right. What these guys do is that they look at Joe Lenardi's bracket or they look at Palm's bracket and then they'll get Ken Palm. And then they'll and, and then they that, just makes a few around round, to make it exactly. look like it's not like you know like whoa that's and it not helps exactly them the same. and it helps and, and it provides them with cover. It allows them not to have to actually watch games. It and then they they can hide behind all of the analytics when somebody questions why the hell wasn't SMU in but seventeen and fourteen Michigan was right, in right uh, and they say well the net said this and and the you know and quad one and. Just bleep and watch a bleeping basketball game right. here and there, especially with bubble teams. Right. You know, those are because those are the ones that you have to figure out. There's going to be, let's say, 10 teams that you don't know whether they're in or out. You don't necessarily have to watch Arizona. By this point, you know that Arizona's probably a one seed. Right. Okay? You know, there are some other games that you ought to watch to try to seed a little bit more accurately as well. Ten, and, and, and I've been talking about UCLA and the Pac-12 a lot. Tennessee as a three seed is nonsense. Right. You know, so so there are other examples out there. And again, with the bracket, there always are. But the committee hides behind Lenardi and to a lesser degree Palm. Right. And to some degree Ken Palm. And then throws out words like quad one and net. And, and it covers for their inconsistency in regards to actually spend the time that they ought to be spending on a committee that has a, what, $6 billion contract yes, with CBS? Right, right exactly. Uh, to, to eye test something and say, well, you know what? That team's pretty good. Right. And, and they're playing well now. Right. You know, which is another thing that probably ought to be taken into account, and I'm not sure is. Is it better, for instance, Mike, especially, and this is going to be a big deal. Uh, let's get All this right. to the other side. This will be another big deal on the other side. Let's, all right. But that's Built Bar is a big deal. Mm. And you know what? All the time. Built Bar is a big deal all the time. It also makes you very buff. And you know what? Um, you know, you're tired of look having to find some gym bro named Chad that's going to give you some questionable Alonzo Trier type uh, material. You know what? Do it the way you should. Do it through hard work in the gym. And guess what buoys you throughout? Built Bar. Don't take any corners right there. You know who we're talking about right now. We're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. Go, John Schuster. What the hell was I talking about again? Uh, we're talking about the... Uh, the I was uh, talking about net and met- quad metrics. one. Oh, and Tennessee being a three Tennessee seed. was a three, yeah. and UCLA's a four, and Why some, some of those people, cities... Yeah, cities and about were... these people not doing their actual job when they're looking at games. Yeah, and that's... Uh, and, 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 and Oh, that was it. Um, and this is going to be a big deal with the transfer portal, I think. So, so things are going to change in college basketball fairly dramatically, and I've gone on this rant before. I don't necessarily mind the transfer portal and that kids can move from one location to another. But 
Don't come complaining to me as a fan when college basketball sucks in November, December, and half of January because coaches take forever right. to try to get these teams to right. coalesce. That. Now, that creates a different kind of problem with the NCAA tournament. Okay. And this is something that maybe needs to be evaluated in future tournaments. If you have a bunch of convoluted teams trying to figure it out that are languishing at, you know, 10 and 10 Every over the course of the first Oregon half. Yes, yes, over the first two-thirds of the season. And then they get hot. Well, if they finish the year at 18 and 12, is that good enough to get them into the tournament? Right. Because their overall record put Michigan at 17 and 14 aside. But they won eight out of the last 10. So what's now more important? Because it's going to take longer for a lot of these teams to gel. Right. So is it now more important that you're better in the, first, in the last third of the season as opposed to just being kind of middling in a portion of the season where you're still trying to figure it out? And my argument would be, yes, it is. So I would put a lot of weight on the teams that are closing strong and getting hot at the right time, in addition to actually watching basketball games to see if I think some of these teams are good and belong in the field. All right. Here's what I... All right, let's get back to to the U of A right here. So I'm looking at their bracket, and you know what? There were certain teams... Everybody's scared of Kentucky. Nobody wants to play Kentucky as a number two seed. I don't quite get it because that kind of goes against the whole thing about, well, you know, they're like 7-7 seven and seven in quad one games or whatever. <laughs> so, but either way, I guess that basically means you're 500 in, against really good teams. I am more than okay with the Villanova. Now, listen, you and I are big Jay Wright fans. Jay Wright is awesome. But you know what? I don't think this is a vintage Villanova team right here. I think Arizona smokes Villanova if they end up playing them. I am more concerned about the four seed. The Illinois Fighting Illini. You and I watched that game on your big screen TV. We did not try. We were not on assignment. Uh, we. Uh, you mean the technologically uh, advanced uh, 2006 50-inch plasma? It, it works. Plasma. But, but it works well. Yes. Remember when plasma used to be a huge deal, Oh, it was the big too? deal. It was. Uh-huh. It was. But you yeah. know what? We're, it's still got a damn good picture anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I know. Dude, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, dude. Don't come at me with any of this other crap. I'm a... Uh, but... We both looked at each other throughout the game and said, this is a really good team right here. This is a really good team. Now, Arizona came back and won, but they checked out a lot of boxes right there. You had Kofi, um, and uh, um, you had... Uh, yeah, you had, Frazier on Frazier, the outside, you had who was Alfonso a bomb everything. Yeah, they're, well, they're they, well constructed. They are a very, they're good. They're dangerous. They also strike me as one of those teams that could make a deep run or get knocked early. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, they're, that's a that's a tough matchup. I'm far... I and was, they won the regular season conference, didn't right? they? Oh, and especially in the Big Ten. In the loaded Big Ten. I mean, seriously. I'm, yeah. You know, and so, and, and anyway, as much as we're understandably mocking the Big Ten, Illinois is good. Right. And it seems like as of as a lot of those teams on the four line are like, ooh. And it didn't really matter which one you were going to get on the four lines. A lot of the fours look pretty good. Right. And uh, Illinois falls under that category. And yeah, if I was uh, Arizona, I don't know if I was Arizona, I'd be concerned. You ought to be concerned about all of them. But as an observer, uh, I can see that Illinois can be a problem if there's a rematch right. there. For sure. Now, I don't... We, we talked a little bit about Tennessee. I don't really worry too much about... I mean, listen, anytime you play in a three seed, you know, no matter whether they're deserving or not, I mean, they can they can beat you. But we watched the Tennessee game and a couple things uh, came to light. 
or at least I, I thought were notable. First of all, Arizona played maybe its worst game of the season, at least in that first half. I believe that there were what, I think they turned the ball over seriously like 10 times in the first 10 and minutes. At one time, and at one point they were victimized by a run of 26-2. to 26-2. to There was also some, and again, Arizona, I generally don't get on officiating, mainly because <clears throat> in McHale, Arizona generally gets some pretty good calls. But you know what? There was really bad officiating in that game. It was a very home, very home-biased uh uh, situation. You would think that wouldn't be the case in the NCAA tournament. Arizona still almost won that game. They were down what one win, which makes you feel good about it. They had the ball in their hand with a chance to tie. I think you and I talked right about it. it on the post game, yeah. and I had, I'm I'm too lazy to go back and look. And even if I wasn't too lazy, I still wouldn't care that much to go back and look. So I'm just going to paraphrase what we said. I think we both thought that Arizona was about ten points better than them when it ultimately shook down. Yeah. That right. was now again. Ten, ten, Tennessee's gotten hot, for sure, and they're really good. They shouldn't be a three; they ought to be a two. You probably flip Villanova and Tennessee, right? Uh, and, but so ten, ten, Tennessee's legit, right? They they beat some very athletic teams to get there, including Kentucky, which they handled right. in their conference tournament. So you know, Tennessee's looking at this bracket, feeling like we ought to beat those guys. Right. We can beat them again. So both teams, I think, would be confident in rematch. All right, I'll tell you what. One thing though that you should be confident about though is the. Uh, hold on, just a second. You're saying, Mike, you're looking for your reads. You're looking unprofessional right now. I hate looking unprofessional. So give me just a second right here. Uh, oh gosh. All right. <laughs> Now, you know what? Um, let's I'll see. fill it with uh, laughter. Fill it. I'll fill, fill it. it with sitcom laughter. This is almost here. where we need Bruno to come in and make a chomp. Uh-huh. Yeah, All right. Bark. Okay. It's oh, we're ready. Up right now. Oh, good deal. Okay. Here we go. Uh-huh. Go to the college channel. A lot Sweet. of people think we're pros. We're not. Uh, Clearly. Oh! Oh! Did you get a new read? <laughs> oh, what'd you get? Something. This, this sounds huge. Oh. I almost want to make a full segment out of this. I'll do it. Let's tell you what. We're going to take a full break. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to make a segment out of this next read. I've never done that before. Thanks for listening. Hold on a second. <laughs> Are we going to uh, make an entire segment out of the next read, or did you read the read wrong? Uh, no, I did. You read the read wrong? No, I didn't read. You did not read the read wrong. Rock Auto. Son of a bleep. Rock Auto's back? Sweet. At the beginning of every month, I get the Rock Auto newsletter. Are you aware? Oh, Rock Auto. Rock Auto's back, right? right? Okay. I had some sort of fuel injector problem on the uh, 2012 Kia Soul, which has utilized Rock Auto before. Right. Okay. So I go to a mechanic. Mm -hmm. Mechanic tells me um, that this is going to cost you $1,500. The part itself is going to be $1,100. I say, okay, we're not going to do that. Uh, in in not so many words. So I hop online and I look. To, I, I go to Rock Auto. Rock Auto has the part for about three fifty. So I say, all right, call back the mechanic and say, hey, I've got the part here at Rock Auto for three fifty. I can order the part. Can I bring it into you and get it taken care of? He says, no, we can't do that because we only use special parts that are you, you, you know franchised approved and all this stuff. It's just loads of crap. Okay, right. and one charge me fifteen hundred bucks. So I say, okay, I'll go and pick up the car. We'll take it from there. So I look onto Craigslist of all places, find a mobile mechanic. Uh, the mobile mechanic quotes me 150 bucks to fix it. I have Rock Auto. I, I, I click onto Rock Auto, get the part. Part comes when it says it's going to come. I think it arrived a day early. I uh, call the mechanic. Mechanic puts the damn thing in. He makes 150 bucks for 20 minutes of work, mm-hmm. and I get out on this repair for a third of what it was. How did the 2012 Kia drive to Las Vegas and back, Mike? Luke? Flawless. There we go. Flawless. And uh-huh. you know what? It wasn't because of John Schuster. No. It wasn't 
wasn't because of me in the passenger seat snoring or, you know, coughing or my sore throat, whatever. It was because of Rock Auto. You know what? We don't generally do this, but we're going to close by giving Rock Auto its day in the sun. Rock Auto is back. 